Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe podcast Really do appreciate George Stoya of the Touchdown Denver podcast right here in Odyssey for coming behind enemy lines here for a few minutes, kind of preview this Colts-Broncos game from the Denver perspective. George, the first question I think is a very obvious one and a confounding one. What the hell is wrong with this Broncos offense? Well, I wish I had the answer. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people wish they had the answer. You know, guys, I think it's it's one of those things that in the Colts are probably experiencing it a little bit in terms of, you know, they have a, a new quarterback in here, obviously a new coaching staff with Nathaniel Hackett. And I think that it's just taking time for it to mesh. But I think there's also the, the part of it that's like, hey, they really don't have a ton of weapons. Yes, they have Cortland Sutton, who's playing great. Jerry Judy's been pretty inconsistent throughout his career. At least statistics have shown that he's had some problems with drops. They have no tight ends. I mean, that's been virtually uh, non-existent through four games. Uh, and then you look at running back, and now they're without Javante Williams, uh, and they're going to have to rely on you know Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, and Latavius Murray, who they just signed from the Saints. I think that it's just there's a lot of different meshing points that just haven't hit yet, and I just don't know how long it's going to take. I mean, it could take an entire season for this to finally get going in the right direction. I also think they have some issues on the offensive line. Um, you know, I think that. Right now, obviously, at right tackle, Cam Fleming's their starting right tackle, which is just not ideal. Graham Glasgow, who's been in the league a long time, is their starting right guard. Uh, but it should be Quinn Miners, who got injured in the second game. So I think that they've just got some some injuries here and there. And then again, when you have a new coaching staff, new quarterback, I think it just takes some time. And we've seen that around the league uh, throughout history is, is that it takes some of these guys some time uh, to adjust. Yeah, it's funny. We were just talking about that exact thing earlier on the pod. Uh, and and how that's happened uh, pretty much each of the last five years here in Indianapolis. It's a big part of the reason for the slow starts. Uh, but I wonder about the other side of the ball. The defense really seems to have, have, have kind of picked up where it left off. I know probably not coming off its best performance of the year, uh, but for the majority of this season, this defense has, has given this team a chance to win games. What do you see on that side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, they, they're really talented. Um, you know, they have a lot of guys back from, from the last few years, and, and the, the defense really hasn't changed. They have a new, a new coaching staff, but in terms of what they're doing schematically, it's, it's very similar. And when you have guys 
in the secondary, like Pat Sertan, who's, you know, on, on track to have a Pro Bowl type season at corner right now. Um, you know, that obviously helps Ronald Darby on the other side. It's been in the league a long time. Kwan Williams, they signed in free agency at that nickel spot. DJ Jones, they also signed in free agency. He's really kind of helped with the, the run, run defense. And then, you know, Bradley Chubb uh, and Randy Gregory, who's not healthy now, but both those guys were healthy in the first four games. And that makes a huge difference. When those two guys are both healthy, they've shown they can be two of the top pass rushers in the NFL. And I think that they showed that through the first four games. So now, you know, replacing Randy Gregory, they're they're having Baron Browning, uh, who was originally an inside linebacker. Now he's an outside linebacker. Uh, he's going to come in. They, they're really high on him. The rookie Nick Benito is going to have to play quite a bit um, out there on the edge. And then an inside linebacker, that's kind of where they haven't been as great recently. Uh, Josie Jewell's been in the league a long time, but, you know, he has his, his things that he's good at and things that he's not as good at. Uh, had a rough game last week in the run game. Uh, Jonas Griffith is a guy undrafted, right? Uh, he's playing inside linebacker as well. Uh, so they've got some guys that are unproven, but a lot of these guys have been in the system for a long time. Uh, Kareem Jackson back there at safety, Justin Simmons, who's you know he's hurt as well. So I keep bringing up all these guys. They're all hurt. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that's kind of the narrative right now is they, they do have some guys that have been around and been on this team for a long time. And I think that that is helping them. But at the same time, they, they are relatively banged up. And I know the Colts are as well. They've got some injuries too. But uh, and so does everybody in the NFL, right? That's the reality. It's, it's how good is your depth? Those are the best teams have great depth, right? Uh, so I think that that's the, the real storyline for the Broncos this week in this game is who can step up in some of those key spots because they did lose several guys this last week. Especially defensively, George, like you mentioned, there's a lot of injuries. And now Randy Gregory on Sunday goes down and he'll miss this game uh, on Thursday against the Colts. But also, too, the other side for the Colts, obviously, they come in, you would think, trying to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. He's banged up in his own rights. It's going to be a game-time decision. It sounds like he plays. Is there any thought after last week or last Sunday when Josh Jacobs runs for 144 yards and really has his way on the ground, is there any concern from the Denver perspective about this Colts run game at all? Or, or you've seen through the first three weeks or four weeks, this Colts team cannot run the ball no matter who's on the other side of defense. Is there any concern uh, going into this game about the Denver run defense? Oh, definitely. Uh, I think there's 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 big concern because you look at this this Broncos defense even last year, they struggled against the run. I mean, there were games that they were in the game and they just needed a stop. Right. And and the other team would just run it down the field for five minutes and run out the clock. And that's been a consistent issue. And that's why they went out and signed DJ Jones in the middle. Right. Uh, and he's played well and he's helped it somewhat. But even the Texans, the Seahawks, uh, you, you you've seen these teams that maybe aren't as talented, be able to run the football on the Broncos. Maybe the, the statistics don't show it as much. They played really well against the 49ers, which was kind of mm -hmm. surprising uh, how well they played against the run in that game. But other than that, teams have gashed them in the run. So I, I think that if the Colts are going to win this game, it, it's definitely on the ground. I mean, it, that's no offense to Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's having you know some of his own struggles uh, you know, throughout the first you know few games. But I, I think that if they're going to win, it, it's going to be on the ground. And I think that the Broncos have shown – that they're vulnerable in that area. And then when you lose Randy Gregory, who's playing really good football, that edge is, is going to be vulnerable on that other side. And so I, I wonder if they attack kind of the tackles and, and the edges there, um, you know, with their run game, because losing Randy is going to be a big loss. And then, um, you know, I think the inside linebackers have shown that they don't always fill the gaps the right way. So I think that it's a big concern for the Broncos moving forward, because you look at their secondary, right? When you have Sertan, uh, Justin mm -hmm. Simmons isn't playing, but, you know, Caden Stearns has come in and played really well at safety. Kareem Jackson, Ronald Darby, K1 Williams. That's one of the better secondaries in the NFL. 
Uh, and so teams have not been able to throw the ball on him, but they have been able to gash him for some big gains in the in, in the run game. So I, I do think that that is one area that the Colts will, will probably try to expose. I wonder, you know, there's a lot of heat, obviously, on Frank Reich here right now, slow start, and, and a lot of people wondering about, you know, what what's his job status. Is it still a honeymoon situation for, for Nathaniel Hackett, or what's the temperature with the head coach in Denver right now? Yeah, I, I would say it's definitely not the honeymoon phase. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism thrown around here, especially when the first two games were, were pretty much a disaster when you talk about kicking the long field goal uh, in Seattle and, and the time management there, and then the Houston game and, you know, they had, you know, 15 penalties or whatever it was, a ridiculous number. Uh, and they've cut back on a lot of that the last couple of weeks and they've been, you know, more clean. But I think the, where the criticism now is coming from is, hey, you promised when you came here that we were going to have this high flying explosive offense that the Broncos have not had in, in recent history, really since Peyton Manning was here. And it just hasn't happened. Now, how much of that is on Nathaniel Hackett and how much of that is on, you know, Russell Wilson hasn't performed up to expectation yet. Uh, some of the weapons haven't performed up to expectation. So I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat. Uh, obviously, it's his first year. And I think that, you know, George Payton, the GM, is going to give him a grace period. Um, but I, I, it's definitely one of those things that if it doesn't get better throughout the season and if this offense doesn't start clicking, I think people are really going to start questioning him. And they already are. I mean, you know, you guys know how it is. Local radio, uh, <laughs> you know local blogs, you know, things like that. People are, are always criticizing, you know, what the team is doing. But I do think it'll heat up, especially this week. This is it. I will tell you guys from from the Broncos perspective and, and people here in Denver, they expect to win this football game. They, they think that they should win this football game relatively easily. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. And if they go out and they put together a stinker and they lose at home on primetime um, on a Thursday night game, I, I do think that that seat will definitely get a little bit warmer on Friday. Easily is interesting. Like we'll give our game picks here in a little bit, George, but if you're thinking, or at least the Broncos, you know, country will say is thinking like, you know, a, a route or 24, 10, 24, three victory. That's I think these two teams are, are way closer than we've seen. So or at least me and George would expect considering at least personally, I'll say this. I was very high in the Broncos going in this year, George. They were my Super Bowl pick, I'll be honest. So, so far through four games, it does not look very good whatsoever. And like you mentioned, a lot of the heat has been on Nathaniel Hackett so far in this offense, especially. Is there one thing you could point to? Is it like, is it just that he's in over his head so far in the first month? Is it just, you know, uh, whether it's scheme, whether it's game management, whether it's, you know, we've seen this offense not look very good. They're 30th in the NFL in terms of points per game. This offense, like you mentioned, has not been what's promised. Is there one thing you kind of point to so far in the first month of the Nathaniel Hackett era that's, killing this team or is just kind of a lot of things combined right now and you know that's that's hurting them yeah i think it's a combination of things but i really think the biggest thing with hackett is i think he's juggling too much and i don't think he realized how much he was going to have to juggle right when you look at his career path he's been an offensive play caller right but he's never had to deal with game management and, and time management in a game and dealing with the other side of the ball as well special teams has been you know, sort of a disaster for, through the first couple of weeks. It's been a lot better since they, they went out and obviously hired Jerry Rosberg, who was the special teams coordinator for the Ravens for a long time, game management expert or, or whatever his title is. And that's helped them a ton. But I think Hackett is in that situation where he's just got a lot going on in his ear. And I think he probably even had probably too many cooks in the kitchen to start the season where he's had so many people talking to him throughout the game where he's kind of had to clear that out. Uh, and I think you also, again, you you look at where he was last year with the Packers. He wasn't calling plays in Green Bay. 
Uh, that was still Matt LaFleur. So he's, he's you know, sure. adjusting to calling plays again for the first time in four years. And on top of that, he's trying to handle the game management. And I do think there's some factor of like, there's this pressure of, of making sure Russell succeeds and what does Russell want and trying to tailor things to him. And I'm not saying Russell is in there trying to like change everything that they're doing, but I do think there's some degree of like Russell wants to do certain things. And so Hackett's trying to tailor what he typically does to what Russell wants, which again, is something new to him. You look at his quarterbacks, obviously Aaron Rodgers, you kind of just did what he did. Uh, and obviously again, LaFleur was running the show there. But you look at, you know, he had Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. I don't think he was tailoring the offense necessarily to Blake Bortles. So I, I just think that it's all those different things that are adding up for Nathaniel Hackett that's making his job just that much more difficult. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Speaking of things that could make the job a little bit more difficult, Javante Williams, you mentioned earlier, out for the year with a torn ACL. What is that? What kind of hit is that for the run game for Denver? It's a huge one. Uh, and if, if we're talking about anybody on the hot seat, it's Melvin Gordon. Uh, the people here are very frustrated with Melvin Gordon. I mean, the guy's had, I think, five fumbles in his last 44 carries or something crazy like that. Uh, he's had three fumbles returned for touchdowns in his last 12 games, which is just a ridiculous stat. Um, and obviously had this last one against the Raiders, but he's going to be the guy. I, I would assume he's going to be the guy moving forward to them. Now, if he goes out there and he fumbles on Thursday, I would not be shocked at all if the Broncos just decide to move on because the trust factor has definitely gone way down. I mean, b before Melvin came in that game on Sunday, he, he, he was not even getting looks. I mean, it was going to be the Javante Williams show, which was not something that anybody anticipated here. We all thought it was going to be around a 50-50 split. And then after he fumbled twice against the 49ers, it's very clear that Hackett was not going to trust Melvin with the ball. And as soon as he gets in the game, he fumbles the first time he touches it. So I think it's going to be Melvin because they really don't have a ton of options. Mike Boone is a really you know good special teams player. He came in and played a little bit, but he had some drops. He's only had two career starts uh, in, I think, four or five seasons now in the NFL. So he's not a guy that is typically a number one running back. And then they go out and they sign Latavius Murray uh, that I mentioned earlier. I think he's going to end up being – the guy by the end of the season, is he going to play on Thursday? You know, he said today in the locker room, anything is possible. I just highly doubt that he's, even if he's suited up, he's probably not going to play a ton uh, just because he, I mean, he literally just got back from London yesterday. Uh, so I'd imagine the jet lag and, and all of that is going on. Plus he's trying to learn an entire new offense. And I know he's been in the league, you know, nine, 10 years now, but that's a really quick turnaround. So I don't expect to see him much on Thursday. But I do think it'll be Melvin Gordon, which is going to be interesting. I, I don't know if you guys are going to be at the game, but there's talks of fear like Melvin being booed as soon as he comes on the field and, and things like that, which is just 
it's crazy because he is going to be, I mean, if the Broncos want to win, they need Melvin Gordon to be the old Melvin Gordon. Uh, and I just, it, the fan base has, has, has turned on him uh, pretty dramatically here within the last few days. It is crazy how just his fumbling issues continue to pop up, George. And it's like, even though I believe it was his first carry on Sunday, he comes after yep. Javante gets hurt and he costs it right back up and you, you see that scoop and score go for six. It's, yeah, it's it's very rare the Broncos fans do turn on a uh, on a player and you, you kind of hear their frustration. That's gonna be very interesting to watch on Thursday. You can hear the audible boos for sure when and if Melvin Gordon's in the game and and does fumble for sure. Speaking of Melvin Gordon, and really this offense we mentioned before, they're 30th in the NFL. The Broncos are 16.5 points per game. It's been a, a real slog. How would you assess Russell Wilson's play so far through the first month? Well, you know, he was not very good in the first three games. I, I guess he was he was average against Seattle. Uh, really struggled early. Came back late and I thought played really well um, late in that game and, and obviously took him on the drive down the field and probably should have, you know, had the chance to go for it there on the fourth down. Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, did not play well against the Tech Texans, did not play well against the 49ers. Uh, and then I thought he just had his best game this last Sunday against the Raiders. He was really efficient. He hit guys down the field. Um, you know, when they did throw the ball, which was weird, they, they kind of got conservative there in the second half, even though they were play, playing from behind. But when they did throw the ball, uh, he came up big. And that's the one thing that I've seen with Russell. And I know there's a lot of people on the outside being very critical of him, uh, a lot of memes, uh, a lot of people making <laughs> fun of him on the outside. But I will say through four games, when they've absolutely needed to go on a drive, he's delivered. Um, he did it against the 49ers. He did it against the mm -hmm. Texans. Really against the Raiders, he did it. They they came within two, and then the defense gave up you know, 75-yard drive in, in five minutes, and the game was basically over, right? So he has been really good when they absolutely needed it to. Now it's just about putting it all together. Uh, I think he's been a little bit inaccurate, and I don't know if that's something to do with, you know, new wide receivers. Again, when you play in a place as long as he did, like he did in Seattle, and play with guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you get you get used to them so well, you know where they're going to be. I think he's found that with Cortland Sutton. That's definitely become his primary target, but it's very clear he's still trying to figure that out with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler you know, the rookie Montreal, Washington. And, and again, the tight ends, that's another story here. It's like, they just do not use their tight ends at all. So, and I don't know if that's a, a Hackett thing or, or Russell's not looking for him or what it is, but I think he's just starting to find his groove. So if anything, if the Colts are looking at it, he is coming off his best game uh, as a Bronco and, and Broncos fans are hoping that that continues this week. Last one for me. Uh, what's the situation with his right shoulder? I know he's on the injury report. How serious a situation is that? Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, you know, he talked today to the media and he said he's doing good and he's super confident, I think was his exact words that he'll play. I mean, you guys know, I think he's missed only a few games in his entire career. And obviously that was last year with the finger injury. Um, you know, I think he took a hit late in that game. I think that's what it was. It might have even been when he rushed for that touchdown uh, there late in that game because the next drive, he didn't look right. Um, and I, I think he's, he's feeling fine and he's looked better in practice this week. I think they're just giving him some rest, but uh, I do anticipate that he'll play on Thursday. So finally, George, to wrap up, it sounds like the, the feeling around Denver going into this game is that the Broncos will win it and win pretty comfortably. Me and George are about to do our game picks here in a second. I guess I'll spoil my pick. I'm going to pick the Broncos to win this game. I think close. I think the Broncos do win. So I'll ask you this, George, the Colts win on Thursday. If. Well, that's a, that's a tough – I you know <laughs> I'm picking the Broncos too. I think it's going to be a slugfest. Um, I don't think either of these offenses have really played up to expectations. I have the Broncos winning like 17-14. But if the Colts are to win this game, 
I think Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, again, I don't know how healthy he is. You guys said game time decision. But if they're going to win this game, he's going to have to do what Josh Jacobs did um, and rush for, you know, 140, 150 type yards, you know, score a touchdown or two. Um, because I just don't see Matt Ryan picking apart this deep, this Broncos secondary. Uh, in fact, I think he might even turn it over a couple times um, with the way that the Broncos are playing defensively. So if the Colts are going to win, they're going to have to pound it on the ground. Um, and I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to have to have a really big game. And then I think the Broncos offense, which this could very well happen, needs to continue to struggle, right? Like they can't, um, you know, continue to uh, be so bad and, and expect to win a game like this because I do think it'll be somewhat of a slugfest. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly. This is, we were joking before, Thursday Night Football has gotten some good games so far. This might be one where, you yeah. know, it's going to be tough on the eyes for sure. Tough for the national audience. Oh, boy. But George Stoya, host of the Touchdown Denver Podcast. Make sure you check him out right here on Odyssey. Does a great job uh, with all things Denver Broncos. Appreciate you coming behind Emmy Lines with us. And hopefully for us, all, all three of us here, just hope for a pretty game. You know, 17-14, I think it's going to be low score. Maybe we'll be wrong here. We'll get a, a nice, offensively pleasing game for really for both teams for the first time this season. Yeah, give us a shootout. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything what we've seen so far through the first four weeks. Thank you again, George. Appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.